Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey guys, happy Thursday. Welcome back to the podcast, Grow and Grind. Um, long time no speak. We are indeed due a big catch up here. Um, it is Tuesday evening. I am sat here drinking my hot chocolate. Usually this podcast is coffee themed. However, I've recently adapted it to being just like coffee shop. You know, you can get a hot chocolate if you want. Um, so I'm sat here with a hot chocolate because it is currently around 9pm on a Tuesday evening and maybe coffee at this time is really not the best best option. I've recently added a no coffee after 4pm rule. So um, anyway, here we are. Welcome to Grow and Grind. It's been a couple of months since my last episode so I feel a little rusty up in here but I'm so, so excited to be back recording and I'm in such a healthy mindset recently, just really calm and collected with my thoughts. I I feel like I'm really, really connected to myself and with what I want in life um, at the moment. So I've come back at a better time and I'm just so excited to share with you like everything I'm learning, everything that I'm thinking about um, if you're new here. I'm Laura and this podcast is a space for me to discuss what's on my mind and pour my many, many thoughts into audio form to share with you. This podcast is a wellness chatty podcast, um, discussing things that maybe are a little taboo, things that you wouldn't really usually discuss with people in your lives. Um, So each week there will be a new episode that covers something in that realm that's been on my mind recently. Um, Now today's episode is all about setting boundaries. Um, my general thoughts around how I set my boundaries in my personal life and also my work life and why pausing has been the most important thing for me nowadays. Now before I get into our catch-up, I have recently started the podcast Instagram again to go along with the start of this series, which is just Grow and Grind Pod. Um, I'd love it if you would follow over there and get involved loads of loads of future episodes will have a ton of input from you and I'm going to be doing a bunch of polls and I really want to get as many many people involved in that as I can so feel free to go over and follow super super exciting um I'm also looking to do a a lot of like design posts book review posts and educational posts over there too um so yeah very, very exciting for the fee to build up and I'm just looking forward to us all chatting and connecting more because I feel like having a full-time job and also trying to do YouTube and social media, 
I feel a little disconnected from you all and I feel like the podcast is like my favorite way to be connected um, and to chat and just to really pour out my thoughts. Very happy to be back and I'm really looking forward to hearing your thoughts. Gonna have a sip of my hot chocolate in the mug that I actually bought home from Greece. I went on holiday recently to Greece and first off, beautiful holiday, very much enjoyed myself. Second of all, came back with this very, very expensive ceramic mug and it is absolutely gorgeous and it is now my prized possession. So tips up to anyone that plans to maybe steal from me in the future. If you steal this, I will cry a lot. So please don't, uh, but if you're gonna steal anyway, you're gonna steal. So not sure why I'm addressing you. Uh, anyway, gonna have a sip of my hot chocolate and we'll get into my little quick catch up. Okay, so first up, I moved to London. <laughs> kind of a big update. Um, and I'm sure a lot of you are well aware of this. I've been posting about it all over my social media. Um, but yeah, I now live in London. I live with my boyfriend. We've been living together like full time for like, how long now? It's the middle of September. So we moved in the middle of June. It's about three months. Um, and yeah, I am absolutely loving London. I love this city. I'm loving living with my boyfriend. It's just everything seems to have worked out apart from our flat. <laughs> We've been having a few minor and major issues with our flat. Um, our like ceiling started leaking, you know, not ideal. We've also had major building works, which we didn't know about. However, we are here and I'm loving being so central and really trying to take that in because um, if we end up moving because of all the issues that we've been having, we won't be as central. So I'm just trying to really take in the fact that I'm in the middle of a city I've dreamed of living in for my whole life. Um, I love how empowering it is that I am completely invisible in this city. Like, nobody cares at all. And it's been so transformative for my confidence. You will find me in busy coffee shops rather than quiet ones now. And I feel like there's a lot of things that have needed work my with my confidence over the last year or so um I have completely completely changed as a person and something that I'm like obviously super super happy about I I feel like I am way more who I wanted to be which just makes me like beam um so so exciting I just love feeling anonymous like nobody really notices me and I mean, I guess I would never know if anyone did notice me because the city moves so, so fast. But I do love that, like, you know, like, I'm never really gonna see any of these people again. And if I do, that's been completely very, very rare. There's millions of people here. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I just feel so content with that. It is highs and lows time. Now, this is something that I have kept pretty consistent throughout all my episodes, something that I really, really like to reflect on very, very often are my weekly wins, my daily wins, my something that's like holding me back, a blocker. I think it's really, really important to reflect on these things. So here is my win and, and low for the week. Um, so my win is that I'm getting into reading. I am... Loki becoming a book talker, book 
YouTuber. Anyway, I just finished a book called Black Swans, which was so, so amazing. It was by Eve Babbitt, um, and her writing is just so eloquent, and I absolutely loved it. And it's really not a genre that I usually venture into, but it was super, super interesting. Um, so yeah, that was really, really fun. Um, and then I also um, am currently reading The Kind Worth Killing. That is also such an incredible book. I've just hit like the biggest turn in the book. If you've read the book, you know probably the part I'm, I mean, like the first like big thing. You're like, whoa, <laughs> what's going on? I'm starting to really want to create content around books, which has been a super, super exciting thing for me. I love watching book content and I've always wanted to make it, but I've just never had the like, or made the time to read um, and I'm really like making such an effort to book in time within my calendar to sit and just read like I love it so much so that's something to revisit in like six months three months whatever um, and see where I'm at with that because that's just it really excites me brings me a lot of joy recently um, now on the other hand of things my low of the week has just been that I've just not been on top of my physical wellness as much as I would like to um, I usually am a little low energy when like I'm on my period and I was on my period last week um, but I feel like it just hit me a little harder than it usually does and I've really had to rely more on discipline than motivation as such um, which I really don't like to do I, I just really prefer to just feel motivated <laughs> um but I haven't managed to like get to the gym or anything but yeah I I think my goal sort of for the next week or so is to just get back on that I love the gym it makes me feel amazing and um I think a lot of the time when I'm low motivation the gym is what I need um and I think in the last week I just forgot that very easily so that's my low slash learning for the last week. I've just realised that you can probably hear the rain in the background of this podcast episode. I'm really sorry about that. Um, these windows are really not uh, soundproof, my friends. Um, but anyway, uh, I live in England. That is why it's raining, as per usual. So um, yeah, if you can hear that, consider it ambience. <laughs> There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Anyway, let's get into the episode. <laughs> okay, part one um, is all surrounding boundaries. Now, boundaries for me are something that I really, really value and something that has really become apparent as a problem in my life in the past sort of six months. It's become something that I've really, really worked hard at. Um, we're going to start with saying no. Saying no is one of the most difficult 
things to do. Um, I actually did a poll over on my Instagram and this was just in general just to get some sort of like data for this episode. Um, so I just understood where everyone was at with this. Um, so in this poll I asked how often do you say no and I listed four different answers um, and the most popular answer um, was that 47% of you feel burnt out and often people please so very very rarely say no that's a lot of people that is a lot of people and that's a huge percentage there were then 22% of you who were very happy to say no to things 24% sort of if I have to um I will if I have to but like otherwise I'll just say I'll just keep going on and there were six percent of you who said that you never say no now saying no is the most important thing for boundaries but equally saying yes is equally as important now this took me a long long time to recognize and to implement into my life but when I realized that when I'm saying no to something um, whether that's something that either, you know, doesn't serve me, isn't my responsibility or doesn't excite me. When I realised that doing that opened up a ton of things that I could then say yes to, I started to realise that saying no is actually really powerful. What you say yes or no to really dictates where you go in life. And I know this is kind of like a pretty obvious one, but to me, it was just always like, oh yeah, obviously, but like, I'm not going to do anything about it, you know. Um, like, being a yes person, you might think that you're being helpful to everyone, which I'm sure you are, and this is exactly how I feel, or felt. Um, but deep down, really, this is teaching your brain that saying no is almost equal to disappointing someone which is not the case um and actually saying no you have every right to say no to things um and that should be also in the forefront of your mind as much as saying yes and pleasing other people is um so for example if a colleague of yours asked you to complete some work that maybe they didn't have time for in their day but your day is already like at capacity, you know, you can't possibly fit this into your eight hour, nine hour workday. And you say yes to this thing, right? You're only saying no really to the time that you have to take out of your evening. So that's saying no to reading a book, dedicating time to learning outside of working hours, you know, and really in general, just a no to your well-being and to your values and your worth. Um, and this isn't really the messaging we want to send to ourselves in order to grow and develop. This is the thing that I've been really working on the past few months is valuing when to say yes and when to say no. Um, when to jump in to help someone and when to really help myself. And of course there are, you know, exceptions and things you will need to say yes and no to. Um, but as a rough overview, if it will really help someone and you do genuinely have the time, offer your help. Um, but if you don't have the time or energy um, or mental capacity, it's okay to say no. And I'm sure there's someone else who can help. Um, I think for me, it was like, oh, well, like, they'll be annoyed that I didn't, I didn't help. And then that, you know, that thing might go wrong and it will be blamed on me. Like, I should have just helped.
that's what I was afraid of and really like I should have been more afraid of letting myself and my values go in that moment your boss isn't going to fire you because you said no to helping them with a powerpoint if they know that the reason you're saying no isn't just because you can't be bothered it's because you genuinely don't have the time or don't feel up to it that's actually really responsible and you know that is something that should be valued in a workplace and if it's not you're not in the right workplace saying no if anything only really makes when you say yes more valuable it shows to your colleagues that you value your time that your time's precious and important and that you really appreciate doing higher quality work and you would rather do higher quality work than you know jump on a bunch of stuff and not be able to manage it um, and that's really what people in the workplace actually really respect um, and no is actually a lot of the time respected more than a yes is. So going back to that example earlier um, of the colleague who wanted help, my response to that would be, hey, you know, really sorry to hear that you're struggling to fit A into your schedule. I hope your day gets us busy for you. Um, I would love to help you out on this, but actually I'm quite over capacity myself at the moment too. I want to ensure that my work and my other commitments stay at the same standard. Um, therefore I won't be able to pick this up at the moment, I'm afraid, but I can review this in the next few days if you still need help then. That shows that you're, you're aware that this person needs help and they're reaching out, you respect that they're reaching out, um, because that's also something that, like, shows that they're, they're on top and they know that there's too much for them, they're, they're reaching out for someone to give them a hand. Um, you don't want it to turn around and just be like, no, (laughs) um, because that doesn't really help anyone, um, So in this situation, you're saying, I'm too busy at the moment. Um, I really appreciate that you've reached out and I do want to help you. Um, However, my schedule doesn't allow for it at the moment, but we can review this. We can can see how the next few days go. And if if you're still in need of my help, then I will help you. Um, It shows a willingness to work without compromising your your value and your your well-being as well um you know you don't want to be working till 9 p.m every night what's the point like you're all you're doing by working all the time is exhausting yourself so that actually your work that you are doing isn't as productive because you're tired it's having somewhere in between that you enjoy your work you get it done you feel fulfillment from your work but you also have time to feel fulfillment from your personal life and your kind of self-improvement and well-being so I thought here I would just chat through some things that I actually implement into my life to create boundaries within my personal life and my work life too um and also just some other things that I'm yet to try out um but things that I've like researched and seen And maybe we can try together and revisit this conversation in a few weeks' time. First up, we have my must-dos and my would-love-tos. These otherwise, I guess, would be called habits or just like a way of measuring something. Now, I've split up my habits into must-dos and would-love-tos. So, for example, my must-dos are food, well-being activity and communication. These three things are really what I want to implement every day into my life, one way or another. You know, food being exactly, obviously, what it is on the tin, nourishing myself, making sure that my body can function properly. 
is something I've struggled with in the past and therefore it is top of my priority now. Wellbeing activity could be a podcast, reading, going outside, getting a nice coffee, making like something fun and creative, whatever I want it to be. But I need to do something every single day that gives me something back, whether that is helps me with my mental health, whether that helps me with my work, whether that helps me with my future, or generally just entertains me in that moment. These are the things that bring me little nuggets of happiness throughout my day. Um, and they're the things that I like value more than anything, really. Um, communication is the last one of these three. And this is reminding me to communicate with my loved ones, whether that's family, my friends, my boyfriend. But most importantly, out of all of these, myself. Now, this sounds a little selfish, <laughs> but I need to make sure that I'm staying conscious of my feelings because otherwise, if I'm not conscious of them, then they end up affecting other people. Um, so therefore, that is my highest priority. I need to know how I feel before I can then go and speak to other people about how I feel. Um, yeah, that is kind of the, that's the way that I measure my top priorities in my life. Now, my would love to's are things that, as it says on the tin, I would love to include in my life. So, for example, meeting friends, going to the gym, recording content, etc, etc. But they are things that can be met with a little lighter of an expectation. You know, the way I view these are, oh, I would love to do that, but I'm currently busy with or working on blah, blah, blah. Um... Having this separation within my brain means that my brain has levels of boundaries, you know. Um, for example, if I can't go to the gym one day, it's not me not setting myself boundaries and not being on top of my game. It's me choosing my must-dos over my can-dos. Um, and it's, like, really prioritising what's going to make me feel good in this moment. Okay, my must-dos, have I eaten today? Have I texted my mum to see how she is? How I Have I called my dad? Have I, you know done something that really sets my soul on fire um it's those things that are always in the back of my mind that I need to do and then if I've done them amazing and then I can get and then I get to do the would love to's and then my life's just much richer um in general having this just separation between the two has allowed me to have such a better relationship with work it also just makes me kinder to myself. I have been a perfectionist. I am a perfectionist. I would arguably say I work a lot more than I would like to. Um, but I love what I do, so it doesn't feel like work. So that's like the kind of bit that crosses over in my brain. Um, but I think having those like must-dos as things that I have to do every day, like if I haven't done them, I notice I haven't done them because I feel worse. Like for example, if it gets to lunchtime and I haven't had breakfast, I notice I haven't because I don't feel as nourished. I don't feel as like ready for the day. If, you know, I haven't read my book that day or listened to a podcast or something to make me feel good, I don't feel good. Like it, I, having those things just set a baseline for what I want from myself and what I expect from myself without it going over the line of like, do this, do this, do this. You know, you've got 20 things to get done today. Like that's just overwhelming. No one needs that much to do. Now, the next one um, that I've written down is over-communication. Um, now, this is mainly just a discussion to have with, you know, a partner, friend, family member. Um, 
and setting boundaries with those people. For example, if you're wanting to set a boundary with someone, um, so for example here, like say you're not happy with your friend asking you invasive questions, this is like uh, an issue I've had in the past, you need to communicate this. Um, what I think a lot of us don't realise is that not everyone has the same thoughts or the same boundaries. And really the only way to lay these out is to communicate them directly. People can't guess your boundaries um, and they haven't also had the same experience as you. So even like sometimes your boundaries might feel weird to them. And that's something like just to be respectful of as well. When you are asking for people to respect your boundaries, it might be met with a little bit of, oh, well, what, well like, why, why is that over your boundary? You don't need to give a reason, but expect that that might be there. Not everyone may like or understand your boundaries or your reasons for setting them, but if you don't set them in the first place and you expect them to pick up on things that you don't like, you, yeah, you can't expect your boundaries to be followed, you know, if you don't communicate them. And if they're not followed when you have communicated with them, that's another issue, get that person out of your life. But, <laughs> um, you know, it's just, it's good to communicate to not only the people in your life, but also yourself. I've been working on trying to be more patient when a thought comes to my mind. So if I am annoyed about something or I'm upset about something before talking to that person about that, talk to myself. And I communicate with myself and I consider the wider picture, you know, taking a pause to breathe and really just deliberate with myself before actually reacting to that thing. Like, obviously, various situations, we all react the way that we maybe don't want to all of the time. For me, it's really important for me to know where my feelings are coming from. A lot of the time it can be coming from anxiety or OCD. So being aware of where that, like the core of why I'm upset or angry or annoyed about something comes from makes me realise how, how really appropriate it is to act. And then finally for life boundaries, I have goal setting. Um, now this is something we don't really usually consider a boundary it's more so considered the other side um but I want to ask you a question because I was listening to an episode by the mindset coach I believe is the podcast name the other day about goals and he asked a question of like how how often have you set a goal and then like forgotten that goal like and I I thought to myself I was like I literally don't remember what my new year's resolutions were you know it's an exciting concept at the time and I just completely forgot about all of them um now the reason for this is just you probably weren't accountable for it like you hadn't set your your own boundaries for it as to when you're gonna do that thing who you're gonna like turn to as like a accountability partner if you like now these boundaries obviously should be looser and a bit more compassionate because you're a human being and like they don't have strict, you shouldn't have such strict boundaries with yourself because it can really just make you annoyed with yourself a lot of the time and this was where the point I got to when I needed to change things. If you have a boundary for saving money for example, um, like future you will feel much happier and more content with current you that like that thought, having that thought in your head all the time 
is really going to set that boundary for where you go now and like really that boundary crossing that boundary for you is only going to hurt yourself goes without saying that there are exceptions to all of this um but yeah goal setting is very important and having um having sort of an overview of what you want to achieve but having boundaries as to how you're going to get there for yourself um is really great too Moving into the section on work boundaries. Now, this is a new one for me. Um, I've always been a very much, I'll do anything, I'll, like, yeah, sure, I'll help, etc, etc. And recently, I've been really trying to set myself some boundaries. I'm still trying, still very much trying. <laughs> I've, I've read something really, really interesting recently. Um which is a system by David Allen, who is a productivity expert. Now, he suggests a system of splitting up your to-do list into four sections. So those four sections are do it, defer it, delegate it, and drop it. So this is like my first boundary, really, I guess. This is the way that I really work out where things stand um, in my day, you know? Um, so for example, the defer it tasks, like that is my boundary to say, those can wait till tomorrow. And I think it's made me just a lot calmer knowing what is urgent, where to place value in the workplace and on what tasks and kind of when to move something in my schedule. Like it's, it's really much about tackling one thing at a time and dropping things that are wasting your time. Um, obviously, unless they're very urgent obviously you only drop things that can be dropped now speaking of delegation um this is one i'm yet to implement delegation is something i find pretty difficult but i think if you are struggling or just over your capacity someone else in your workplace will most likely be happy to help you everybody has different workloads at different times you know for example i work in an influencer marketing agency so Every single week for me looks different. Um, one week might be long days, finishing late, and next week, it, like I might have less campaigns and I might actually finish on time. Um, something I'm trying to be more conscious of is noticing when those busy periods start, so noticing them before they come, and trying to delegate a couple of tasks to help ease that workload, and that will therefore mean that I finish closer to on time and come back to work the next day refreshed and ready. I didn't want to be coming to work tired. That's not what I want. Um, that's the, the whole point is to be able to be the best I can throughout my day. And I can't be my best if I'm overworked, basically. Um, and I'm well aware that I have other things on. I don't just have my 96. I have YouTube. I have my podcast. I have various other freelance projects, etc. Um, so... It's very, very important for me to set those boundaries and I'm well aware that this is something that I still need to do. It's something that is like always in the back of my mind and it's so, so difficult to delegate and to set yourself as like a hard structure, um, especially in like such an ever-changing job. Um, but I'm trying and that's the, that's, that's the most important thing, right? <laughs> um, now, my next main point for a work boundary is really important and this is something that I actually have implemented recently so this is structure 
if you find yourself in a lot of meetings each day, some of which maybe aren't as relevant to your job, um, and these meetings are meaning that you can't get your actual work done, set a maximum of X hours each day um, to be able to have those meetings in. Um, and make everybody aware, um, this is something I'm in the process of doing at the moment, make everybody aware that that's your limit for the day and that otherwise you won't be able to get all of your work completed. So it's really important that if a meeting needs to be booked in, it needs to be booked in within those three hours, for example. You know, it means then that you get your work done in your working hours. You're not working outside of working hours. You have that time to relax and you come back refreshed to work the next day. And it also, to your colleagues as well, sends a good message. It sends that, oh, I'm on top of my time. I I actually really want to get this work done. I'm only going to take meetings that are really important. Um, if If they are important, they can go within those three hours. And if not, they can wait until the next day and the three hours the next day. Structure can also come the other way around. So instead of like reducing time doing something, actually coming up with an organisation method, for example, that means that the blockers you face are nicely timed into your schedule. Like almost not necessarily removing everything, but implementing things as well can also be a huge help to your structure of your day and really, really help in general your work life. Last up, we have regular pauses. Now, I'll talk about this more later in the episode, but pausing is something that is just so valuable in life in general, but even more in work. (laughs) Pausing to reevaluate how you're responding to a situation, how you communicate, how you present yourself, where your values are lying, um, and like just overall having an overarching view of the situation whatever situation that might be whether that's in a meeting whether that's talking to a client whether it's talking to someone that's your colleague um having regular pauses to really consider things and allowing your yourself time to do that um is really important because it it means that you you respond in a way that's authentic to you every single time and people know what to expect from you I say from this section of the podcast, I say my main takeaway here um, is to just communicate. Anything that you feel is an issue or that you could work through, whether that's by yourself, with someone, with a partner, with a colleague, communicate it. People don't know unless you communicate something. Your colleagues might not know that you're overwhelmed at work. Your partner might not know that your mental health is is not too great your your friends might not know that you really don't like hugs and when they come and give you a hug it makes you uncomfortable your family might not know to approach certain topics with you if communication is used they are solved and if they're not solved and those people go against your boundaries um that's where you draw the line because you deserve (laughs) self-respect Part two, saying what you mean. Now, (laughs) this is something that's really important and I think something that not a lot of people do nowadays. Like nobody's really very straight with answers or thoughts. Um, And there's actually a trend (laughs) that's been going around on TikTok for the past month or so that I picked up on and thought would be super interesting to talk about with you. Um, So 
it's the Ariana Grande audio that says, like, I could have said, but I didn't. I said, um, now a lot of people are using the trend itself to say what they really think versus what they tell other people about a certain situation. And it made me think about how much we actually don't tell other people. So I posted an Instagram story quite a while ago um, asking what's something you wish you could say slash express to people but find difficult. And I just wanted to go through some of these answers and the way that maybe now I go about saying what I mean in various situations. This first one I thought was super, super interesting and also something that I struggle to convey. Um, so this is gratitude when I'm in face-to-face conversations. It seems way easier on message. Now this is so, so true. I feel like nowadays with social media and everything, it is just so much easier to message someone after you've met up with them to say, oh, do you know, what? I've had such a lovely time. I'm really grateful that we met up today. I really needed that. Like, saying that in person seems really scary and seems really vulnerable. It's so heartwarming and everybody appreciates it differently. But talking to people in person can be very, very difficult. And I think that's where, like, communication comes in between you and that person. If you make gratitude and open conversation within your friendship or your relationship or your whatever the situation is. Um, if you make that an open conversation, then I feel like it's easier to then say it face to face um for example like with one of my friends I can now whenever I leave her before I leave her I will be saying like really appreciated today thanks so much you know like this I had such lovely time and it really gave me so much energy and like I have that open conversation with her because we had a chat about how much we value gratitude I wish I can explain to people, friends especially, how easily drained and overstimulated I get. Um, This is something that I struggle with too, um, and I do get very, very overstimulated and drained, especially after, like, if I've had a really busy week and then I meet up with someone, like, after a while my brain just stops working. (laughs) Um, And you know, it's very, very hard to then communicate that in that situation. Um, It's something I've really struggled with, actually, and getting people to understand that it's not them. For example, I have anxiety, that's one of the reasons I get quite drained. Um, But saying to someone, oh, I feel really drained and overstimulated right now, can come across the wrong way to people that don't quite understand or don't have those feelings themselves. However, maybe that is a conversation that you have with your friends if you feel that open to open to have that conversation it's not necessarily even having like a hugely serious conversation but even just to be like to say it in a message so for example like if if I'm due to meet up with a friend of mine I will say before I go and meet them like I'm really excited to see you just to note that I am feeling anxious today or I am feeling a little overstimulated today or I'm really tired after my work this week so if I'm not as bubbly like that's why I will like because as much as from your end it can be hard to say that maybe they don't quite understand why um, in certain situations you are less less chatty or a little like drained um I think communication again is just like the the main thing with all of these I wish I could be honest with people and say I'm not doing great when they ask how I am. Same. (laughs) Same, you know? 
I've started to in the past six months actually say when I'm not good and it is actually <laughs> so empowering <laughs> and it actually makes me feel even better when I am feeling good for example um like there was a day where I was at home and I had to go into the office for the day um, and I'd actually booked the entire day in the office but I woke up super anxious and I just couldn't go in in the morning um, and so I went in in the afternoon and one of my colleagues asked oh, why weren't you in this morning and instead of just being like oh you know like didn't wake up in time which was would have been a complete lie um, I actually just said like oh I was just having an anxious morning and actually after saying that it felt nice because I didn't, it's not me saying, oh, I had I had an anxious morning, pity me. <laughs> it's saying, actually, I had an anxious morning and I'm fine that, to, I'm fine saying that I had an anxious morning because for all you know, that other person might have had an anxious morning too and it might help them in some way. And that's the way that I look at stuff like that. Um, when When I'm open about something, I often find that that other person that I'm open to um, is open back to me. Um, there's been times where I've spoken to my friends and my friends asked how I am. And I've been like, yeah, I'm fine. And then I've asked how they are and they say, oh, I'm actually not too great. And then all of a sudden I feel comfortable to say that I'm not too great too. It's just being mindful of like speaking about things, knowing that like also by not saying how you are, it also doesn't allow the room for other people to say how they are a lot of the time we do often look for other people to bounce that off of i'm just going to list a few as well um, because hopefully it will help some people feel heard or maybe you relate to some of these things and i know i do um so hopefully this helps you hearing some people's responses when i need time on my own i don't want them to take it personally I wish I could compliment people on things other than their appearance, for example, their personality. I wish I could just say no to things rather than giving excuses. How hard it is to get out of the loop of procrastination and burnout. I wish I could easily say I love you to the people I actually love, but I have a hard time expressing my affection. Someone also commented something that I really have started to like implement into things um, and... I just thought this was like such a good way of putting it. Um, it's not you, my social battery just needs to recharge. That is just so great. And that is something that is so difficult to communicate to people and so difficult to actually say. Um, but when you do, like, actually that person respects you more, I feel. And if they don't, then they let them go. <laughs> um, but if if you're saying to someone... I'm really sorry I can't meet today, it's not you, my social battery just needs to charge, I've had a really busy week and I just feel a little drained. If that person then responds with, hey that's absolutely fine, don't worry, I'm here if you need to chat, um, but I completely understand if you'd like to talk another day, no worries at all. That's a friend. If the person responds saying, oh okay, well I guess I'll see you sometime else. Ditch them, my friend, <laughs> ditch them. I just want to hear, I guess, um, just ask a couple of questions, just for you to think about. Why don't we actually say what we mean? And what could happen differently if we did say what we meant? And I just, at this point, want you to think about something that you've wanted to say recently, and you haven't said anything about it. 
and nothing has changed. What do you think might happen if if you said what you meant in that situation? And what opportunities could you could you be cutting off there? I'll just give you a second to think about that while I grab myself a drink and get ready for part three, which is rest and balance. For this section of the episode, we're talking all about wellness and the importance of pausing. I actually started reading a book yesterday um, called Do Pause, You Are Not Your To-Do List by Robert Poynton. Now, it's really opened my eyes already, even though I'm 30 pages in. Um, So I just wanted to share um, a couple of learnings that I have from this book so far. I'm hoping to do more in-depth kind of book reviews over on my YouTube and TikTok, maybe my Instagram too, moving forward. Um, So if you are interested in more in-depth things like that, um, and hearing what I have to say on the book as a whole when I do finish it in in a week or two, um, head over to my other social medias. But I am going to start introducing various things that I have learned from books because I do learn a lot um, when I read and I think some of these lessons can really be passed on and I think I would really want to hear these in a podcast episode that I listen to. So the main point I picked up from this book was all about space and overworking. So this first quote is just super insightful. In general, we don't pay much attention or give much importance to the spaces in between all the tasks. The negative space which lies around or between objects or events gives shape to the whole. Now, that might sound like a lot, so let's unpack it, you know? What this is really implying is that we all put our focus towards the objects and the events in our lives, such as work or meeting friends, deadlines, exams... And actually, the negative space around these events become almost irrelevant in our minds. Now, we kind of forget that, you know, we have an extra 25 minutes on the tube each day or an extra 10 when we make a coffee. These spaces themselves can be just as important and valuable. You know, while you're waiting for the train, you think, oh, God, I just can't wait until the train gets here, you know. But that's that's a space. It's these negative spaces that allow us to put the rest of our lives into perspective. So why are they not one of our main focuses? The next page then goes on to discuss the kind of always-on culture and how we've created a, quote, sprawling industry of personal productivity. This is something I've delved into in another podcast episode, but I think this relates back to space and ensuring that we actually do keep it there. If we fill all of the spaces, all of our time, with other so-called productive things, then our minds never really get the chance to wonder or to rest. And really, it's just almost a form of distracting distracting yourself from everything else in your life. Um, There's therefore here a lot of opportunity for us to miss out on important things, important small things that make up such a lot of our happiness in our lives. This is why the book itself promotes pausing and later in the book it describes a pause as a switch of attention and activity from one thing to another. It is a not doing in order for something else to be done. 
I just thought that that in particular was super interesting and valuable to share. Um, it definitely has made me more present within those pauses since I've read that. I'm really noticing when they're actually taking place um, and how I can be as mindful of that as possible. Sometimes I think a pause can just feel like you're waiting for something, whereas you're you're kind of already there, Like, but you're just, something else is coming up. And I feel like sometimes by waiting for the next thing, we miss out on what we're actually doing in that moment. And I think that kind of comes back to boundaries because to have boundaries, you also need to have rest and you also need to, you know, respect your own boundaries and respect other people's boundaries. And if you're tired, if you're, you know, behind on things, you've overworked yourself, um, you're constantly ignoring your emotions, those boundaries aren't going to work the same. Again, similar to earlier, I actually asked for your input on a few self-care well-being points um, via Instagram. So I thought I'd just talk through all of these and share your answers too. Now, the first one was an open-ended question box, which asked, how do you relax or decompress? What makes you feel calm or grounded? And I thought this was just so beautiful. There are so many amazing answers here. So I thought I would just read through and chat through them very quickly. Um, it might give you some ideas of how you can relax and decompress or how you can just calm down after a stressful day. I know even just looking at these makes me inspired to do something else. Reading, building Lego, cozy video games, walking outside alone, nature always calms me down, journaling helps me understand what I'm feeling better, listening to music, going outside, fresh air does wonders when my anxiety is high and the sun helps too. ASMR, having some alone time, spending time with my dog, sleeping in and having no appointments that day, I often play music on the keyboard or guitar, I go to the gym, I've been really enjoying learning a new language, candles, coffee, sitting alone in coffee shops, reading, hanging out with animals, breathing, yoga and mindful meditation. There were so many of these um, and you all gave such amazing, amazing answers. Um, and it's really interesting to know how other people do relax and decompress. For me, um, the main things that I do is reading now, which is, oh my God, I've been wanting to get to this point with reading for such a long time. I have literally my own little library. And it's not an exaggeration. I have so many books. I bought so many books over the past like week. <laughs> what doesn't help me is being online. And that's something that I've flagged recently as something that I just, I just really don't enjoy it. Um, in terms of like the kind of going and scrolling and seeing what everyone else is doing. Like I don't really care what Jenny across the country is doing right now. Like it's weird that I have access to see what she's doing. <laughs> Sorry Jenny. <laughs> um, but I actually did another poll as well on how often you intentionally take time offline to look after your mental health. Now this stat that I'm about to share about this is pretty telling, I think, of how we go about living our lives with social media. Um, so there was four options um, and I'll read through the answers of those options now. So the first option was multiple, multiple times a day put my phone down intentionally, etc. That was 6% of people. Once or twice a day, um, that was 15% of people. Every few days was 18% of people. 
and every week or so slash not often slash never was 60% of people. Now, 60% of people only ever intentionally putting their phone down once a week is so crazy. Like, that is a huge, huge percentage. Um, And I kind of want you to just think right now, like, I remember getting these stats back a week or so ago, a week or two ago, and being really genuinely like, oh, wow, like, that's a lot. I kind of want to know how often I spend on my phone, like, and since I've really made a conscious effort to when I am just mindlessly scrolling, just noting that and being like, nope, phone goes down. And it has changed the game. It has changed the game. I've been picking up a book more. I've been reading more. I've been journaling. Oh, actually, do you know, I didn't really like seeing that. Let's let's just log off. Let's just close my phone rather than like continuing scrolling and finding another piece of content. So yeah, I kind of want to just ask you a question here. Like, how many hours do you spend on your phone that are mindless? So example of just scrolling through like you're not even noticing what the posts are tapping through stories of people that you just don't really care about um and like just how many of those hours that you are spending are actually enjoyable um like for me I really enjoy long-form content I love watching people's YouTube videos it really gives me something because I just love 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 film having like mindless scrolling so so widely available to you it really like destroys your your kind of engagement time with other things and that's why I keep listening to podcasts that's why I'm starting listening to audiobooks I'm reading more because you really have to have a longer attention span for that I just want you to think about how like have you put your phone down today have you put your phone down at all intentionally do it tomorrow do it today if it's early in the morning. Put your phone down more because you have a whole life <laughs> and social media is such a small percentage of that. Something that I've done recently, um, which has made me realise how often I actually reach for my social platforms as a bit of like a comfort thing. I've moved the folders around actually on my phone. Um, so where the social media folder used to be, um, there's now my photo folder. So where TikTok used to be, there's my camera. Um, And every time I would then go to click on TikTok, out of muscle memory, I would click on camera and I'd be like, no, 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 that's that's not me talking. (laughs) That's like the obsession of being on social media. Um, How mad, how mad is that? Welcome to Food for Thought. as usual here, um, or if you're new and you don't know what the usual is here, um, food for thought is just something for you to take however you'd like to. It's something you can just think about on your little hot girl walk, or while you're at the gym, while you're um, working throughout your day, use as a journal prompt maybe, or just as something just to carry around with you. Um, So the food for thought today is What does pausing and reflecting achieve or allow space for in your life? I hope that that can kind of give you exactly what I'm trying to give. Food for thought. I think pausing and reflecting are two of the most important things. And if you're not doing it, um, what can it do? 
what can it achieve or allow space for? And why don't you try it, you know? Why don't you try it today? Try it tomorrow. Anyway, thank you very much. Have an amazing day and week. I appreciate you a lot. And I'm super, super excited for where this podcast goes. Um, and to be back. Like, this is so, so fun. Um, also, how do you like the podcast cover? She's cute. I love it. I added some little sketches. Come and chat to me over on the Instagram, which is just Grow and Grind Pod. My personal is Laura Medley with two Y's if you'd like to check out my YouTube and other bits. Um, thank you so much for listening. Have an amazing day. Go compliment someone. Go compliment yourself. Go compliment yourself. See you soon. Bye. <laughs>